0: Hi, Jason Klam here, and on behalf of Alan Rickard, Gazizza, um, uh, this is going to be episode five of Dispatches from Fort Awesome. That's a lie. And this is going to be episode six of Dispatches from Fort Awesome, but we're already going to be a little unconventional. We're not going to follow the normal uh, format, and that's because we have yet to have an opportunity to record the next episode of the show. However, this is relevant. Um, Years ago, when I first started my first podcast, Comedy on Vinyl, I was lucky enough through my buddy Jeremy Guskin, who you will eventually hear on this podcast, uh, to be connected with Vicki Lewis, and uh, on Comedy on Vinyl, we used uh, a very loose excuse to do a tribute to Phil Hartman, despite the fact that he had never released a comedy album on vinyl, um, but actually he did release a comedy album, pardon me, he recorded a comedy album. Uh, that never came out. We talk about that a little bit. Uh, it, was, it was eventually released digitally. They're working on a movie uh, based on it uh, right now, from what I understand. Um, but anyway, this is that tribute episode of Comedy on Vinyl that I wanted so that you guys would have something to listen to. Um, this is me, you know, like I said, several years ago. Um, kind of a, maybe not as um, experienced an interviewer as I am now, uh, but it's a lot of fun. And uh, we get some really wonderful stories from Vicki Lewis. Uh, my buddy Mike Priester is there as well. He wrote an episode in Season 5. Um, and it's just all around, just very knowledgeable when it comes to comedy. So it's myself, Vicki Lewis, Jeremy Guskin, and Mike Priester. So uh, give that a listen. Thank you guys so much, and catch you later, B-Cakes. Are you too cold? I don't feel well. I feel like I can't. Oh, <laughs> You know, is it the chill for the audience? I'm going to start a garbage yeah, it. fire. Oh, this warmer. was a really bad idea. This is, is a wool coat?
1: It? It's good. It's wool. It'll look good
0: <laughs> for the podcast. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thank you for coming to Comedy on Vinyl Live. How is everybody? Yay!
2: Yay!
0: You're yes, not going to be able to hear us any louder than we're speaking because it's not necessary, but they can hear us th- there. Right. Um, as everybody knows, we're here to talk about Poco. And um, this is their best album, Legend. Uh, Jeremy, do you want to tell me why this inspired you so much? Just to be a comedian. Uh, well.
1: And
3: an actor. And a comedic actor.
1: I looked at it and yeah. thought.
3: Tonight I'm gonna break away. Thank just you. you wait and see.
0: See, I can't follow okay, that. Okay, you can't. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah. Phil Hartman designed the cover of this album. That's the only uh, only vinyl I could really relate to Phil Hartman, so... Uh,
4: and there's over. the segue. <laughs> there we go. Dun, dun,
0: dun, dun. So, this is a tribute to Phil Hartman. Yay! Um,
3: yeah, thank you. Oh, wow. nice Ray.
0: And with me, as usual, Mike Pryster. Hi. Jeremy Guskin. Hello. This guy, and the lovely Vicki Lewis. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, I guess I'm Jeremy and
5: I work together on a show, so we know each other. Yes. And also, aha, uh, uh-huh, we work together. you. and I a work show. together. years ago.
0: Uh-huh.
5: so I've never met you before. <laughs> <No. laughs> or today.
0: I like your work. You're Thank very pretty and nice. I like you so nice. far. <laughs> You do some things
5: that are a little edgy. That's and I, what I do. It, it makes me uncomfortable, but Good. that's why I like
0: you. Ah, <laughs> uh, Drink water. Um, so... so. Okay, okay so thank you. I thought you'd spiked it. Um, so I don't know. Let We can just go around the table and just talk about Phil Hartman, but let's start with Vicky, even though it's not really going around the table. Yes. Because, um, because it's like a bad game of musical chairs. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I mean, obviously you worked with him for a long time, but what was your awareness of him before news radio, and what did you think of him, and then how did meeting yeah, yeah, him totally yeah. change that?
5: Okay, that's a lot. And, you know, I, I as I was coming here, I was trying to remember – you know, all the sort of pertinent things that that happened in my life, you know, uh, parallel with Phil. And, you know, I have to say, um, it was my first series. I came, I was a New Yorker, so I always was on the stage, and I I always was doing theater, and I...
1: Theater's like television, but you know, in front of people right no away. No you know what I is? didn't realize
5: we had to explain Oh,
1: I'm things. just, that's for everybody that's out there who oh, might I not understand
5: what theater is. Like, on the Broadway, right. I was. And that's, and
1: that's theater, R.E., theater That's like Mammoth's singing, theater. like when yes. you run out
5: of talking, you sing, that's why they make a musical, <laughs> right? Right, I, right. So, yeah. that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. But so I actually, I'm talking about myself already way too much, not about film. That's fine. I sang for a musical that Jim Brooks was producing called I'll Do Anything, and it took me out to L.A., And I got news radio while I was out here, and I had never done a sitcom, and I remember um, we were shooting the end of the pilot, and Phil and I were standing across from one another at the elevator of the set, and we were waiting for them to set the lights, and waiting for the brilliant writers that we had to rewrite some stuff, and I looked over and I realized, I'll never forget it, it's so corny, but I thought I actually made it. Like I, I'm i standing here with Phil Hartman and something kind of genius is happening and you could feel it on that set. Really cool. You could just feel it.
2: That's amazing. You know,
5: I mean, so and, I mean, I could tell you more and you can ask me things, but I mean, yeah. that moment is always, you know, illuminated in my head like a, like a Christmas tree ornament because it meant so much to me and my yeah. life changed in that very moment that I, night.
0: I, speaking as a fan, you can feel that because there are some projects that you watch um, where you can just feel how much people are having fun. Yeah. Sometimes they're not necessarily professionals. Luckily, they had a, a group of people together that knew how to make comedy.
5: Well, the thing about the thing about news radio, which is, I find as the years have progressed, and I, uh, you, you can shut me off. No, like, you're you
0: fine. Know, please okay, keep talking. Is, okay,
5: okay, So I mean, the thing, the thing for me with news radio that I realized um, with time—it's been what 15 years yeah. um, or so—is that we were. The writers and the actors, all very somewhat broken people.
2: Uh-huh.
5: Um, and I say broken in a good way. Um, we were eccentric. We were, uh, you know, uh, left of center. Yeah. We were not, you know, we didn't really fit in with mainstream television and we really sure. didn't fit in with the world. And it's interesting that Paul Sims, the creator, handpicked each one of us. Um, and we became this very dysfunctional kind of, I mean I consider them all family, but when you ask me about Phil, of all the people, Phil to me was the most grounded and was the most professional yeah. and when I came in he took me under his wing and he said this doesn't last. Yeah. You know, it doesn't last and save your money. Don't buy six sports cars and you Wait, know I gotta write this down. I know, Hold right? I, your head. <laughs> I know, Jeremy, we'll talk about your new pirate yeah, in a stop. minute, but I don't She's want gonna... you to spend all your money next week. <laughs> but um it was an interesting dynamic. I'm Did a he important. literally
3: give like that he, kind of advice? And he stuff gave it too? to that's, me. That's amazing. It was that's amazing. Cool. It was yeah. so
5: amazing and he would sit with me and show me how to trust to learn stocks. And to invest my money, and it was interesting dynamic to watch because some people in the cast had three cars and yeah. big houses, and it got a very big, you know, life. And yeah. I, I, know, I thank him to this day for my nest egg. Yeah. You know, um, but he was the kind of the the, the cool. stable one. Well,
3: you know, like the NBA and the NFL, they have like these rookie symposiums to tell these guys. They teach right. them. Right. Hollywood doesn't have that. No, for I, and I you feel like tell, they should. Oh, that's pretty cool. No, you're right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it would be a neat thing for the unions to do too. So let's get on them. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I love that.
1: <laughs> a ment a mentoring program. Yes. Yeah. yes. I like it.
5: No, but it's a you know it's a cruel fate, and if you don't see it coming, and and even with that knowledge in my head, and Phil going, it doesn't last. You got to just do the work. You know when people are stopping you and looking at you, and your paycheck is huge, and it just feels like crazy dirty money, and you know it it's hard not to. It's hard when it ends, and it was devastating when it did end. I yeah. bet. It I was bet. devastating.
0: His relationship with you I mean, uh, that just reminds me because I've seen too much news radio, but like it <laughs> reminds me of the character Jimmy's relationship with Beth. Like yeah. the same kind of mentor right. teaching you stocks, exact same yeah. kind of thing. Very much. Well, like and Stephen was
5: very much a daddy too. I mean, yeah. you know, Phil and Stephen were kind of the guideposts for me in that yeah. group, and yeah. you know.
3: <laughs> that was uh, and having friends who work on the show. Oh, on, uh, having friends who worked on the show, I, I probably was at 15 Eight. or 20 tapings, you know, in the first four years, and then you know, writing the the, the last season. Oh, that sounds nice. It's right. We well, have to evacuate, <laughs> but I'm really it's really enjoyed. It's my pacemaker. Let me just <laughs>
1: let me turn it off. Give me a minute. Mm-hmm.
5: It's the agenda. Agenda? Oh there! It oh goes. there we go. My husband's a sound designer. If you're listening, Phil, oh, no. call in and
3: give us
5: some <laughs> for
3: the next feedback. <laughs> give us feedback on our feedback. <laughs> That's right. The live, exactly. the live exactly. podcast. Um, uh, but what I was going to say is, like, the thing that I remember was like, even like as just having friends on the set, Stephen Root and and um, Phil. You know. They treated everybody the same, mm-hmm. you know, from, like, the guy visiting to the crew to whoever. Yeah. And and I had this image, like, one of my images of news radio was Phil, and I don't know if he did this every show, but he would go up in the audience during the yeah. show and stuff. Yeah, but that was this, kind of his thing. He'd yeah. go in and, like, talk to the people yeah. in the studio audience, too, and stuff, you know. Yeah. And it's like, you know, people have lines and, you know, bits to do. You don't have, you know, that's not for everybody to do, but he was that kind of a person who would go out. And I'm sure he, he loved meeting the people, too, and that was just kind of that... That Phil Hartman that you get, you know, out in the crowd. <laughs> I oh, forgot too.
5: that about him. I mean, he used to, because they have these comics on sitcoms, uh. not so much anymore. <laughs> right. Um, the warm-up, the warm-up Because it's cruel, really. Yeah. <laughs> who hold the audience <laughs> hostage and try to keep them laughing, and Phil would see it dying. And mm-hmm. would, you know, wake them back yeah. up for yeah. the good of the Right, because the audience
3: would love out. that, you yeah. know. Yeah. One sure. of the stars he did his out impressions and stuff. Right. Yes, he Jeremy would oh, yeah. walk God. out in that yeah. audience right now and talk to them, boom. That's right. picked up so much right If now. I see you all fading, that's what I'll do.
2: <laughs> nice to
1: see you
4: all. What do you do for
2: a living? <laughs>
1: Everybody all at once, I mean. Do do <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. No, I
5: mean... Do you
2: have you have questions on the edge of your lips? I can see it
1: because it's I like know. it's like it's just you know I mean and and again I just wanted to jump back to one thing again being a fan of the show and being a fan of everybody who was on it you know uh, newsreader was just it f- for me as somebody who now like works out here and
0: has a pilot all right all right what's the name of that pilot I, what's the name of
1: that journey? it's called Aspen on. <laughs> Telemundo. Is it on
5: Telemundo?
0: No,
1: it's not, not on Telemundo. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what network it's on. I just got it yesterday. I have no information. You know, I are you what I'm crazily
0: mismatched with. On the I'm.
1: Show. I am playing a talking cat that mm-hmm. has magical powers.
0: I ah. love that. That's great.
1: And it's you know it's what you think. I'm not going to ruin it. Uh, <laughs> it's like a modern day sort of serial Citizen Kane meets. That is watership not what you down said well i don't i have it, no i don't know like, i you got just <laughs> it as a simple comedy i was going to say something to say. nice and i've right. gone on this horrible tangent. No, um know no, 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 but no as a fan of news radio cuz i can see it it's coming through him and i see it as well but you know when when i see now that they give away you know sag awards and emmys like to, for best ensemble sometimes right, right, right. That's the first show I always yeah. think of, yeah. because I've never yeah. seen a group of people who, I mean, like, literally at the beginning, it's just like, I don't know how this is going to work. And then after the third episode, you wondered how it ever wouldn't work.
5: Well, and what's interesting is, you know, I was in the pilot only to be in the pilot. <laughs> I was written, and I had two lines, I believe, and so I che- that's why I pick up the chewing gum. <laughs> Right, because uh-huh. I sat out there in that freaking break room for so long when they were doing all the scenes, I was like, I gotta come up with something. And my line in the pilot literally was coffee day, so I took the chewing gum and I can make this annoying popping sound right. with it. So I, it started to become a thing. And you know what was great is that Jimmy Burroughs sort of latched onto those mm-hmm. things that we found and kept it going. But um, wow, I lost my train of thought. I'm very old. <laughs> so sad, really. Wow. There's just
1: the ensemble. No, thing. it was yeah. it was
5: a, you know we would we got well, close ensemble, yeah. very t- very quickly. Um at the wrap of the first 6, I believe, we all didn't want to leave one another's side and I believe it toyed with all of our personal lives. Um to be honest, I know it did. Um and we went we were drinking and, and partying uh-huh. on the set and in the dressing rooms and the sun started to come up and I remember the writers you know, Josh Lieb, who I adore, and all these guys, Al Higgins, and they put foil on yeah. the windows. <laughs> they covered the
3: windows. They did, because they the light tell. was
5: our enemy. Yes. <laughs> and we would, when we had nowhere else to sort of hang out and the light was coming in, they were like, we went to Paul Sims house and somebody said, where can we go to keep on drinking and hanging out? And I said, Vegas, right? And so they were like, Jeez. yes. And so at like 11 a.m., you know, in the morning we're sweating like rapists. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like waiting, like I'm not hot. Anymore, <laughs> this isn't fun, you know. But we and we ended up in Vegas and I remember coming Riding home flight. With yeah. A little both. thankfully we wouldn't get in the car. Right, but right. you know, I remember coming home like two days later, so I'd never been that person who just, you know, and it became very just clicky and strange and I think part of the reason we were never nominated for star. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> to awards, like we were banned from the SAG Awards. (laughs) Now, when I say we, I recall the evening of Steven Roode and myself sitting perfectly, you know, normally at the table, but Andy decided Mm. to ask for Helen Hunt's autograph on God. his dick. Oh. So well, it was stuff like that. You know, it got a little, there were certain elements that would get, and yes. so we were banned. You know, and we didn't act as a group right ever <laughs> anywhere. It wasn't possible, you that know. makes sense. So I, I think that we scared people Even, to a certain
0: extent. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know, you talk about him as an anchor, but that just, that blows me away that he would still be that kind of a. Crazy outside. Well, Phil outside. was yeah. not part of that. No, right. he wasn't. He, he was his own was thing. He and was and yeah. he you
5: know. was absolutely not in that. And Stephen Root was not really right. uh so, so much of it. It was mainly myself, mm-hmm. Paul Sims, okay. Dave, mm-hmm. Andy, Mora, <laughs> uh-huh. and Joe. Uh, no. and Brad Isaacs and well, Josh Joe. Lieb, and Joe. Joe. Oh, Joe I was gonna say Joe Vegas and, and Joe. Joe. No, but Joe, the writer Joe, oh, I right. love his oh. name, I'm forget Joe. Red Hair, Joe, One Man News Radio. Jesus Christ roll. Ch- anyway. Sam? No Joe Sam? Fury. R- well, be- no Joe Fury, yes. Joe yeah. Fury, right. Yeah. Joe Fury, um, right. we became a nucleus. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. within that were, you know, and then I saned out a little bit. Uh-huh. You know, it was hard to keep it up.
2: Yeah.
5: Um, and I think it took a toll on all, all of our relationships and marriages at the time. <laughs> That's- um, as you have probably Those read have in the them. press, yes. Right. Yes, and what, one, one other thing that I do say in, in, in kind of heartbreaking way is that at the time of news radio, I lived with Nick Nolte, and Phil lived with, with Bryn, mm-hmm. and they were both people in the darkest part of their disease.
2: Yeah.
5: And it was heartbreaking. And I think that Phil and I had a bond around it hmm. because we thought that we could save the people right, that sure. we loved With so just desperately. Just right things would
3: make things better.
5: Yes. And we were not able to do so. And, you know, I'll never forget, we went to the Golden Globe Awards and I brought Nick and he brought Bryn and they were both sober.
2: Uh-huh.
5: uh Nick was sober when I met him um, on I'll Do Anything. And she was, I guess, sober. I don't, didn't really follow, you know, it wasn't my business. And they both began to drink. They got together mm-hmm. and Phil and I looked at each other and I thought that my life is over. Like I, yeah. we were so worried. And um, at, towards the end, you never knew it with Phil, but towards the end of that that season, he came in a couple of times without having shaved, which for him was was unheard right. of, and not late, but worn, and had slept on the boat,
2: mm-hmm.
5: and was, you know, calling hospitals when his kids weren't brought home, and it had gotten yeah. to that place that we all know it got to. Mm. And I remember he said to me, how do you do this? Yeah, And I made up some ridiculous thing. I had convinced myself that my relationship was going to be okay, or I just right. wasn't, you know, handling it, and when he was killed, you know, I, my relationship went all the way down. Uh And I left the business for two years. Mm -hmm. And I left Nick, you know, at that time. And I'd been there 10 years, you know, and I I feel like I got out before the boat sank. And how I dealt with Phil's death was, all I could do was write. Mm -hmm. So I locked myself away on that hiatus after he was killed. And I had all these literary martyrs who I loved my entire life, Dorothy Parker and Salinger and, you know, all these great writers and Tennessee Williams. And and I just sat down and wrote about 24 songs mm-hmm. and produced a record called East of Midnight, which is out, but I don't say it for that reason. But that's a, that was a journal for me of how to walk through that. And I actually, that album was a premonition of what, what came, which mm-hmm. was my relationship just it nearly killed me sure. you know and so um, I always felt kindred with with Phil for that reason
3: sure
5: you know because you, you can't save the people that you love sometimes
3: Right of, of all the things you know that resulted from his death you know I feel like if the show had already ended and it, yeah. you know and like what had happened happened years later I, I feel like that it was a, a, like almost like a, a godsend to his fans that you know, you guys got to do a farewell show, you know, because it was to Phil Hartman, you know, even though, you know, it it was his character. And then, you know, that had happened at least on a hiatus, so you guys had some time to process. Because, could you imagine if that was like a weekend off? And you know, obviously there's no way to come back the next week and shoot a show or anything. So there was... A few, uh, if I remember it was like August, I'm not sure, you know, so there was yeah. like a, a weeks or months or whatever to get ready and all, too, cause
5: Well, and I, and I, you know, none of us wanted to come back. Yeah. We really didn't want to keep going. Sure. And, um, and I'll also never forget this, this is going to sound all made up like it's on Ghost Hunters or something, but, you know, I was <laughs> asleep, and the day, the morning the news came out, Nick woke me, and he had a look on his face, and I remember I sat up and I said, it's Phil. Like, I just,
3: I just it's somehow,
5: oh, wow, I just somehow I, yeah. it, it was so strange to me, but um, we didn't want to come back. And, mm-hmm. you know, John Lovitz is the reason, I believe, that Phil got on Saturday Night mm-hmm. Live. Phil's a graphic yep, designer, really as yeah. we all know, and John sort of dragged him in, and got him seen, and mm-hmm. he was on there. And so, you know, we thought that that choice made sense, but sure. it was never the same, and it wasn't John's fault. Right. Oh, of
0: course. No. no, of course no. you couldn't
5: John,
1: blame him for it.
0: No. There are some some of my favorite episodes in that season are actually or, or from the show are actually from that season um uh-huh. you know it's it's you know we, we you know obviously there's there's no denying what a huge impact that death had on people who knew him yeah obviously I never met him he's the reason I wanted to get into voiceover and, and into acting the first he's the first celebrity that ever mattered to me was lost you know mm-hmm. and um and that's just mostly because everything he did was so full of joy at least on yeah. camera you yes, know what yes, i mean and I just wanted to talk about what made him so funny. That's just so important to me. I mean, and Jeremy, you and I have talked about that episode <coughs> of Saturday Night Live. That oh, I schedule. mean,
1: it's, I mean, you know, for me, I mean, it's It's like with any great performer, any great comedian, and because I, I you, again, I don't think you can call him a comedian. He's just a brilliant actor, and he just was really good at comedy, and it comes down to what Edmund Keen always said, you know, like, dying is easy, comedy is hard, mm-hmm. and Phil, for whatever reason, made it look effortless. Everything he did was so clean and specific. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, and, and you can talk about bits he did from Saturday Night Live. I mean, I can talk about, you know, even just one line as a reporter in Pee-Wee's Big Adventure walking by. He's got that perfect cadence, and he just, there's nothing sloppy about anything he did. He was, he was just a quintessential professional as, as an actor, let alone as a comic. And you know, I mean, we talk about that you know that one you know, that one *Star Night Live* bit where. You know, he's doing the the panel with uh, um, was it Nor Dunn show, uh-huh. and it's uh, Tonto, uh, Tarzan, and Frankenstein giving all their answers. And of course, you know, and you know, it's supposed to be a regular talk show. And he's like, well, you know, I'd like to you know welcome <laughs> these three people for coming. And like, hello, I'm like, hello, hello, Mah. you know. And Phil, Phil doing his terrible. You know, they don't even have the green, but he's got the bolts on. He's got his jaw jutting out, and he's just, and he just maintains the face so perfectly through the whole thing. And they ask the innocuous questions like, oh, the first topic is. Um, bread. What do we think of bread? Bread good. And then Tanto, bread good. And uh, Frankenstein, bread good. You know, I mean, it just. And then when it comes to the end and you know it's coming again, fire bad the second time after talking about, like, trade unions in the West Indies, you know, after fire good, fire bad. Oh, a little bit of condescension. And it comes to the end and you know it's coming and he freaks out and punches a hole through the wall upstage and leaves. And, I mean, it's the only time I ever saw him crack in anything and it was, like, the most effective thing I have – because, again, how are you going to end it? It was, like, the ending – it was, like, ending um, uh, – sorry, Billy Wilder – uh, uh, the, the, Some uh, like, like it hot. You know, yes. like like oh, nobody's perfect. Right. It's like they didn't perfect. think that was gonna be the end line, but it had to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, it just uh, yeah, I, I just I love watching everything he did. Even the yeah. small like Sergeant Bilko. He's great in. Oh yeah.
0: you yeah, know, I know. know. And, and I, I am probably uh, the only
1: uh, person to put those English words together in that yeah, sentence. It's true. It is um, true. but yeah, it just everything he did was just you know. And again, as somebody watching him, as a young person watching him on TV, yeah. it was he was somebody to steal everything Absolutely. from. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, and it was just inflections or takes yeah. or whatever it was. And yeah, and I just would have loved to have seen him do Zap Brannigan on Futurama. Oh, God. I just would have loved to have seen yeah. that. But I mean, it,
0: there's no doubt that... I love
1: Billy West. Don't get me wrong. Oh, and I think everybody on the show is great. Fillmore, I mean, sure. everybody's great. But to see, to have him do that would have been... Oh, just Pretty
0: damn good impression yeah. Billy West
3: does, though. Oh, yeah, know, I, 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 I Oh, am oh yeah. He's
1: amazing. He's amazing, but...
0: Mike was the first thing, or at least the most the it's, thing that first hit you.
3: I think uh, so much of America just remembers him from Saturday Night Live, and just you know, they uh, you, you read all the things they called him the glue. There's the glue. Medicine. He'd like walk in a room and they'd start going. Mm. <laughs> and some of the things that I thought was I, I watched some interviews with him he, he did like a later with Greg Kinnear that's on YouTube it's fairly because uh-huh. you just want to kind of hear his side of things because right. you never know these stories you hear you yeah. know which they are and that you know in the, uh, he says in the mid-70s you know went to see the Groundlings and mm-hmm. he talks about himself coming into acting later in life, and then, like, about to quit, too, because he had a little falling out with Paul Rubens Mm -hmm. over, you know, things that happened on Pee Wee Herman and all. He was about to quit and ended up on Saturday Night Live. And it's just, when I think of things, you know, so many people peg him as Bill Clinton was as big, and he was hilarious, (laughs) but I wonder how much he got sick of that, because, you know, you want to walk in the room every time and go, come on, do Bill Clinton, because... I love Caveman Lawyer. That's the
1: thing. Caveman Lawyer like. is, I mean, is fantastic. I mean, like his Frank Sinatra <laughs> yeah, is yeah, fantastic. You know, uh-huh. but I mean, yeah, it's. I'm I mean,
3: just th- a lawyer. Caveman. You know, and I just, I would love My far, favorite
1: you know? is the is the cutaway from the next episode. It's like, get me another Scotch, I'll show you in this little crummy airline. And it just freeze on him, all drunk and drooling, with the whole big I like ridge. It. Oh, I, so I'm
2: crazy. a f- I'm a
1: freak for that. I just oh, yeah. for some reason I I don't forget it Who's ever.
2: Your <laughs>
1: I, I, I Everybody. Yeah. She actually. Uh, she would have to, I guess. Right. She that and and, music, and she loves yeah. it when I do entire Monty Python sketches. Yeah, right.
2: right
1: That's what oh, it nice. is. It, it is a turn <laughs> on for all the men out there. That's how you turn a woman on. Yeah. Star Wars references and Monty <laughs> Python.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Oh, shit,
1: there I'm are nervous. no women here. <laughs> just so you Nerd know. Alert. Right. Uh, but no. And then there's one other thing that I just. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I just, yeah, and, and Phil, he's amazing. But the first thing, because I just want to jump back to that, mm-hmm. the first thing that I ever remember seeing him in, or, like, remembering it was him,
2: yeah.
1: was watching Pee-wee's Playhouse, the original on HBO, mm-hmm. when oh, they God. showed it. Mm-hmm. Um, the live action. The live action, theater, the, the, yeah. the, the, the one for adults, right, right, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Shoe mirrors, yeah. you know, like that one. Uh, <laughs> and they had the Sly and the Family Stone medley, and it was amazing. But the, <laughs> the one thing, and I'll never forget it, was when he came on as Captain Carl... And the best thing is is you don't even get a look at him because he runs, immediately enters, and then runs <laughs> off stage because he said he has to use the bathroom. <laughs> so you don't even get a look at him. He's like, excuse me, and he's gone. <laughs> right? So you're waiting for this guy to come back, and he finally does, and it's, it's the line that I'll never forget, and it's got this brilliant physical bit. This Pee-wee comes up to him and says, "Wait a minute, Captain Carl, did you wash your hands?" And he goes, "No!" Uh, and just takes and covers his, mo- <laughs> his nose and mouth. And then they sing a song about you know sailors washing their hands. And it's and and I just sat there with my mouth open, going like, "That is the funniest thing yeah. anyone could ever do." And yeah, and again, it was just a, it was just perfectly done, you know. And when I found out that he had written so much of it, sure. and you know, was responsible for and when Pee-wee's uh, Big Adventure came out, I. One saw that instantly, and then again when I found out he was responsible, it was you know, everything I find out about him, it's just it
3: adds to it. Yeah. How about for you, Jason? Your yeah. first Phil Hartman. And it's hard because I know Phil Phil I saw him
0: on on SNL a bunch, but I have hated most of SNL <laughs> since the mid '80s, and so I wasn't really paying attention to it. Um, for but a I did. I
5: thought you were going to say, but I hated.
0: I I don't know why we're doing this, actually. I have no
2: idea.
0: No, I did not like a lot of SNL at the time, so he stood out. He always stood out. There's no doubt. So I knew exactly who he was. But when I started hearing him on The Simpsons, I think Troy McClure just yeah, again yeah, that so was good. like awesome. the epitome of smarm. And again, that's what's attracted me so long for him, to him so much. And yeah, there are people laughing in the audience who know why, um, just because of my personality. But he, I uh, once I saw him on, on news radio, sort of embodying that. Like that was the thing yeah. that just killed me because he's one of those classic. But
5: it, was, it was almost like executive smart. Oh yeah, you know oh, yeah. it's like yeah. Eddie Izzard is an executive. Oh <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So had this kind of, do you yeah. Know, yeah, oh absolutely. It? Yeah, yeah, it was dignified. Absolutely. It, right. yeah. it was
0: filtered through something else, uh, you know, because he was a good actor, and you know, the, the good actor ma- acting made him a great comedic actor. He, uh, um, I'm just trying to think. I totally forgot the hell I was I going to say. First thing, first thing.
1: First thing, what? First sketch, Saturday Night Live, the thing that you liked that, that you remember him. Memorable.
0: I can't yes. yes. remember. The yeah, you liked him on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, yeah, Simpsons yeah. Slower. The Simpsons was really the thing that hit, hit, you hit
1: me. You might remember
0: me from I such films. Maybe I should leave for a minute, go behind the curtain. Yeah, but anyway, no, but it was on on news oh, we were radio. All looking it, at you, yeah, thank you very much. You're for welcome. That. Um, but uh, on news radio, what I was just gonna say is like he's one of the classic. At least Bill McNeil's one of the classic. Yeah. Bastards with a heart of gold. Yeah. Like yeah. Going, oh, back Bilko, going back to Bilko, going back to uh the boss on the Dick Van Dyke show's name is escaping me right now. Alan Brady, yeah. Yeah. Alan no, Brady right. thank you. No, and no. I, I just think he's one of the top five you know, like right. oh god, it's really ah <laughs> uh, that's what we're actually here <laughs> right. for. We're we're raising now money for raising Alzheimer's money research. For uh, old people, <laughs> old
1: people talking about things. Uh, and now you remember that man <laughs> in the car uh, <laughs> when he stopped, what did he say? Remember? I forget. Get wow. did he have the mustache or didn't have the mustache? <laughs>
0: This happens with me every episode. I don't really remember. Doesn't matter. When I do this, you're supposed to keep talking, Jeremy. Remember that? I good. was. We yeah. didn't hear me just oh, my rambling? God. Um, we were going to very quickly maybe... Uh, do a song? No. Yes. Yes, let's, um, do a, let's do I can read
1: Melanie Hudsell's
0: thing. Yeah, well, oh, we're sweet. also going to have a, a quick call with that. Phil Hartman's brother, if I can absolutely reach him on the phone. This <laughs> is the whole point. Is that... This you, has turned is into is cash cat Is in there? Do you know? <laughs> is, uh, we were going to very quickly... Let's see if he's there, because I'm going to surprise him. I told him I was going to text him first, but I haven't had an
1: opportunity. Do it, you want me to read this while you do that? You
0: know what? Yeah, yeah. See and that's buzzing.
1: And there it Why goes. Why is that
0: buzzing? It wasn't buzzing. It sound going through it? What? 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 No. <laughs> no. No. There's a man <laughs> in the... Oh, my <laughs> hair's on fire. <laughs> There's all a man right. in the box talking. Um All right, so what we'll do is yeah. Uh yeah, read the thing <laughs> and explain
3: it. those are not words. Yeah. Why don't you set
0: up the bit? <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm, set up your
1: bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, basically, um, I, uh, I was so, I was able to talk to, to Melanie Hudson, who of course played uh, Jan Brady and um, uh, Tori Spelling. I was there live while Phil was there, and uh, she wanted to be here today, but unfortunately had things to do with uh, the family. But she did write this so that I could read it for her, um, and it's it's just it's great. And I don't need to set it up any more than that. Um, This is Melanie Hutzel on Phil Hartman. I don't think I've ever been quite as nervous as I was when I auditioned for Saturday Night Live. It was the first of many out-of-body experiences I would have over the course of the three years I was on the show. I didn't realize that not only Lorne and other producers would be watching the audition, but lots of cast members as well. When it was time for me to perform my Jan Brady impression, I needed somebody to play Mike Brady, and I asked Phil if he would do it. He said... I would love to be Mike Brady, but I think it would be better if I read it from offstage so that all eyes will be on you. Well, at that point, on the one hand, you know, he had a point, but on the other hand, I really, really went against the plan I'd had in mind for weeks, but the overriding feeling was, oh, my God, I've been watching this guy since college, and I can't believe I'm standing in his presence, oh, my God. <laughs> he eventually convinced me, and it turned out to be the right move. It was a very thoughtful and generous gesture coming from a fellow actor, and I have never forgotten it. That first interaction that we had during the audition pretty much set the course for our relationship over the next three years. He was always stopping by my office just to talk, and he gave me a lot of really great advice. It has been said that he was the glue during those years, not only in his ability to play the everyman roles, but also bringing our group together behind the scenes as well. I remember that every time he would walk into a room, everybody would start chanting in the lowest register of their voices... He cared about everybody and was a true team player. I do remember one time he expressed to me that he really missed working with Jan Hooks and, and she understands why. They had such a great chemistry together, but he certainly didn't let this slow him down. She felt very lucky to be in the presence of somebody working at the top of their game, especially knowing how kind and giving he was behind the scenes. Uh, Melanie has been part of a Facebook campaign to help get Phil a much-deserved star on either the Hollywood or Canadian Walk of Fame. Why not both? And I really do hope that it happens. And this is what she wrote uh, just to end up. I miss Phil. The world misses Phil. But thankfully, he was able to use his talents in such a way that he left behind quite a body of work that will continue to make people laugh for years and years and years.
0: That's nice. That's good. Yeah. Melanie, if you're listening, thank you. Yes.
3: Thank you're not, li- you're not we listening,
0: right?
1: I wrote one, you one but it's it's my intervention I letter to you. So. Jeremy's <laughs>
3: got
5: like 17. Pages. I have
0: I've got yeah. one. Um, Jeremy did research. Do you want to just take I over I the show? So back the back show back. Yeah. The Jeremy I already thought I had. Seat. You are drunk with power. I hate you. Have we
5: called anyone yet?
0: No, we're going to. I thought maybe you were
5: doing that while the reading i know no, was that I out of
0: boredom his... or out of out of just your curiosity Insecurity like,
5: okay that's right, fine that's all right i asked that because yeah. i was insecure yeah. too so yeah. that's that's
0: good all right let's call paul um i just texted him
1: <laughs> and a jump off what you said he actually got to do clinton for clinton like yes, multiple times much to oh, the really? delight of bill Ooh. Ooh, phone oh, call
0: phone calls Ooh. just like george
1: bush and what if
3: he george does, does- that, well, he can't like
0: hear he can't us hear right, it now,
3: right now, oh, so cool. we're, like we're like that. recording That's it's right. even better. We're That's his picture. Phil, Phil is one of eight children, so I imagine he... <laughs> yeah. I
5: don't think we have that kind of time. Yeah.
3: Oh, good voiceover. This'll
1: be fun. <laughs> we can leave a... Group oh,
3: oh.
0: Paul? This is our... Uh, oh. Uh-oh. Hold on one second. <laughs> this... <laughs> This does not sound good, and it's not your fault. Can you hear me?
4: I can hear you.
0: What? Huh?
2: Yeah. Oh, God. oh dear! Oh my God! Oh, can you hear me?
0: You need to apologize. Oh, it your, does sound like a party. Does not? So um, you know what? <laughs> We're having some uh, wonderful technical difficulties right now. Well, Dan, I could hold it up to the microphone, but this is not going out there, so we wouldn't be able to hear it. Uh, do the speaker? Yeah, you know what? I could do that. That's Let's. A uh, it's a small enough theater here, Paul. Uh, real quick, <laughs> um, we've all been talking about Phil, and uh, just, you know, we thought we'd give you a call, obviously, and uh, just, uh, you know, just uh, give give me a second. Let's see if we can do you on speaker here. Can you still hear me? I can still hear you. Yay! Okay. Hey. Yeah. Yay, and the audience. The, all right.
3: Oh my god, I got the clap. here. <laughs> oh get a shot. <laughs>
0: So, um, we're, we were just talking about the first thing, obviously, uh, the first thing you ever saw that Phil Hartman did was, was uh, be there, um, but we, you know, uh, we just, you know, we all love Phil Hartman. What are you doing, Jerry? I
1: wish you had a tiny chair for the Thank phone you.
0: to I, put uh, it next yeah. to the, uh, um, but we, just really quickly, I don't know, we, we, uh, we've got, you know, we've got a few people he, gathered here, and obviously, I'm sure you were proud of him because you're, you're part of the campaign to get him uh, the star on the Walk of Fame as well. Um, just, just tell us what it was like to have him as a brother.
4: Well, my experience with Phil was a, a, a lifetime of firsts.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Phil,
4: you know, like, uh, just about everything I did in life, I did with Phil, you know, because uh, we were so close in age, and, and he had to babysit me a lot. <laughs> uh-huh. So, um, you know, he gave me my first surfboard. He,
2: uh, We played
4: catch together, you know, we... Things like that, you know, and, and uh, he was also one of the first acts I ever booked when I was a baby agent, you know. I, I got him some of his first gigs, you know. And, and cool. uh, things like that. So it, it, it was just a long line of firsts, you know. And, and that's kind of, kind of how I look at Phil, is uh, he uh, was set a renaissance going in me, you know, and, and, uh, and has again. You know, even with, with him being gone, so it's uh, it's one of those things. You know, it's like a, two projects I'm working on that are animation projects are based on original artwork Phil did. That's awesome. That's and uh, we're n- we're now five years into that process and about to do the pilots. That's so it's it's uh, it's kind of like uh, you know the last time I saw Phil was the night our father died, and. Uh, and Phil and I talked and, and he said, you know, someday we'll do something together. And, uh, and I look at these things and, and like getting him as stars as um, the, uh, a dream and a promise, right? Sure. And so that,
0: that's how I, I'm seeing it, you know. These kind of things that you're doing, this is great. You know, I, I just love it to see that people still carry him so much in, in their hearts. Well, we, we appreciate you doing this. I, I wanted to ask you a real quick question about as far as if you, you know, you guys spent so much time together. I just want to know what his first comedic influences were, if you had something to do with that, if you guys were both being influenced comedically at the same time. I know he was an actor, but, I mean, he was a, hilarious. So. Well, cartoons at first. I mean, we watched Rocky and Bullwinkle and,
4: you know, the Flintstones and... Uh, all those kind of, I mean, Sherman and Peabody, or some of our favorite stuff, and and uh, and then uh, it, it became other things, you know, it became films and music, and and Phil and I, you know, we we not only lived together when we were kids, but later on I rented a room from him when just as he started at the Groundlings, and uh, so you know we would commute to the office at the Crossroads of the World, and. And, uh, you know, we drive by Hanna Barberi and go, God, someday, you know, I, I want to do voices in cartoons. Uh, and sure enough, you know, y- he
2: was.
0: <laughs> know? That's new. Well, I, Paul, I, I don't want to take any more of your time and uh, I really, really appreciate you, you, you doing this for us and uh, thank you for booking him some of his first gigs otherwise we might not have seen him anywhere. Is
3: there anything, yes, people, can do? Is there anything people can do for the push? to get? Oh him yeah, out? as
0: far as the push to get him the, the, the star on the Walk of Fame I am going to talk to Angel in a little bit about that as well um, but it, what can we do besides go on the Facebook page you know, there's a Facebook page for his, his star what else can we do? Well, the Canadian the walk of fame is uh anybody can vote on that okay so uh that's great you go
4: to uh canada's walk of fame backslash nominations and uh, last year phil had his own button and i'm sure he will this year too um and it's just body count we need body count and um uh, we just got news that Phil is also now on the ballot for Canada's
0: Comedy Hall of Fame. Oh, Good. great. Um, but only Canadians can vote on that one. Oh. So. We can't pretend.
1: Uh, I'll get my mom to do it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <There you>
0: go.
1: <laughs> I swear I'll do that.
0: Paul, thank you so much. Um, like I said, this is going to be up shortly, so, you know, uh, thank you. I just re- I really appreciate that. My- right. I will insist that everybody, everybody vote. Have
1: Thank you. Thank, you, Paul. thank you. Hey,
0: thank you, Paul.
2: All
1: right, bye.
0: That wasn't too uncomfortable
1: at no, all. No, not at all. So What's freaking like,
0: me out is how much he sounds like yeah, that. Was yeah, funny. it is. Like, also, kind of visceral, yeah. and when
1: his picture popped up too. Yeah, yeah. He they, they, doesn't. They, he he, he yeah, doesn't l-
0: look, look dissimilar. No, not at all. Very much. Uh, you want to just read all your notes for the rest of the show? That's what you can do. <laughs> really? Since you wow, took so many it. damn notes <laughs> I, don't, no, I Actually, we went, we went over everything. Thanks for making it. me look like an well Yeah, that's
1: so. it. Oh, um, actually, the only other thing that I had on here that I even wanted to mention because I thought it was interesting, but apparently he auditioned to be the announcer on The Price is Right. Did he really? Oh. Yeah, and, and Rod Roddy or whoever it is got it Did instead he of him. For that? I know. Isn't that it's crazy? crazy? The uh, show, a, show nice. business makes
2: no yeah. sense. It's insane.
1: I mean, like, could you imagine Phil Hartman showing up and being the MC for something and going, no. 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 You know, know what? Right? That's wrong. Yeah. I can't even
5: imagine okay. that you get to the point where you don't just offer him that. Like, I go to p- appointments sometimes, as you do, I'm sure, and you're just sitting there, and it's like, there's Tom Arnold, and yeah. there's Peter, and, <laughs> and there's Eliza Minnelli, and like,
0: why yeah, are they bringing right. these people? I know. I for their work. It's like, like I, what no, part I'm are no. all those people auditioning right. for? That's what yeah. I want.
5: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's and I
5: wonder who will get it. Right. Yeah. It's for the
1: Morgan Fairchild story. Exactly. I I know. How does
5: she get a story? I don't.
1: know. She was auditioning for it actually, Morgan Fairchild. Right. I, was, I was, was like, this is so deaths. unfair. I I'm sure
2: we've
5: all had that one time, but like, I had a we Want a Vicki Lewis type yes. for a voiceover, but I didn't get it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in fact, actually, wow. far, that's
1: the. uh, that's the, uh right. My uh, my father told me actually before I started to do this horrible thing. My father told me the four stages of the actor's career. (laughs) And actually, Martin Mull, until death, gave me the fifth, which I didn't know there was one. But the four stages of the actor's career, if I remember correctly, is, who's Jeremy Guskin? Mm -hmm. Two, get me Jeremy Guskin. Three, we need a young Jeremy (laughs) Guskin. Four, who's Jeremy Guskin? (laughs) And then, of course, five that uh, Martin Mull told me was, You'll never hear what happened to Jeremy. Though. So, uh, so uh, yeah, so I mean, like, that I think is, that's the full cycle. So I try to remember that no matter what, you know. No I like if. it
5: when I go in and they're like, we're so, I can't believe you came in for us. <laughs> we're so honored. Don't get it.
1: No. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's no, nice. Not their, yeah. Not their yeah, the only yeah. other time I had something like that was I auditioned for a Carrot Top character, and Carrot Top also auditioned, and I got it.
5: See, now awesome. that's just that's cruel. That's your that was top. That's right. Cruel. That's mean. Right. So but
0: that yeah. is funny. But uh, yeah, exactly. that's and, what and I. Mean. Universally you know, yeah, funny. About and that karmically.
5: I love, the thing about about LA that versus New York is that in all of my years out here in LA, I have never ever gotten any bad feedback. It's always <laughs> Oh yeah. We <definitely laughs> loved her, we're going a different way. Yeah. In New York when you fuck up, right? You when can, you can swear they tell don't you. don't do well. Yeah. Right away. They go she sucked. That was awful. She blew it. You know, try again. Yeah. But you never, so you never really know where you. you actually,
1: know. I did get that note on Tuesday, uh, in the car early morning when I fell. Went no, Wednesday. Way. Wednesday. No, no. no. Uh, when you got it. So, actually, job. yeah. He yeah. was like, "What happened? You tanked the fucking audition. You, you tanked the callback." And I start and I spent like two minutes apologizing. He's like, "You got it anyway. Don't worry." Oh. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> uh. And I was like, yeah. I was like, one of those moments where you want to kill and kiss somebody at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. It was one of
1: those. Yeah. Well, and of
0: course, the name it, of that show is Perfect Strangers Two. Yes. Correct. Right. Um, sorry. Actually,
1: that—that's what it, it's Perfect Strangers. Credits. Yes, okay. it's it's Perfect Strangers Two colon correct. That's okay. actually what it is. That's the name
5: of your pilot. No, it's not. That's <laughs> the name of your. Oh,
1: it's just Aspen. Aspen I don't it. believe there's a pilot. Anymore, Aspen. I, don't
5: think so. I feel tall, like desperate. I made it up. It I actually, <laughs> what it is,
1: I got my, I got my. It's actually S with a dollar sign. Oh. Um, I got my pilot's Great. license.
0: That's, oh. No, you, you need to explain these things. I did, no, I didn't. No one's ever <laughs> I only that. got it yesterday. <laughs> Stupid. Um, Speaking of pilot's licenses, Phil Hartman had a pilot's <laughs> license. <laughs> well, Back to Phil I, Hartman. Could, to
1: be honest with you, I think I could literally just talk about things I've seen him in for a good four to seven hours. Sure,
0: four it's, to seven.
1: I'm serious. Because, I mean, mean, like, again, you know, like, there's so many things he did that I remember almost verbatim. You know, because yeah. and they were just, you know, like when on *Saturday Night Live*, when he used to play that crazy waiter with the, was like, "Hello," you know. Uh-huh. He take a nothing part and make it uh-huh. into what was something. the, uh, uh.
3: What was the uh, anal retentive chef? Yeah. It's always hilarious. Well, yeah. first we yeah, fold yeah, this uh, up, and then you
1: like, then you take the refuse to put, put, put that in a baggie. Then we took the refuse baggie and put
3: it in another okay. bag. You we know? ran out of time for the show because the very first time, <laughs> he, like, would cut off a piece of something, you'd have to wrap yeah, it, wrap it, it well, up right, and then, then wrap it. Put it in a trash bag and stuff.
1: And, and yeah. look, there was, and that was the character. He didn't yeah. need to put on any physicality yeah. or mm-hmm. a voice or anything. It was yeah. all in just the setup. No, and
5: also I remember in news radio. I mean, he never rehearsed. I mean, I guess at a certain point, none of us needed to. Sure. We knew who our characters were, but there was a cadence, and the stakes were so high and so real, but I, to this day, I don't know why it was as funny as it was. It was something innately, it's just a gift at a certain point. And I, mean, sure. I don't know why. I can't just dis- I, I
1: mean I, I think it comes from and I almost it might it be easier from an outside perspective especially on this but yeah. you know I've always heard that good directing is 90% casting yeah. and yeah. you cannot ask for a better cast than yeah. all of you yeah. and regardless of whether or not you know it was the right amount of right people for the right whatever it was right. it all worked it just, because yeah. you yeah. guys were all so good together and when you get good actors you don't need to have great material even yeah, as long right. as you're talking and listening to one That's another right. when you have funny people or intelligent yeah. people you yeah. just can't can't help but watch it. To
3: me, to me that show is like the, the Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, yeah it really Mary is. Tyler Moore show of that era. Absolutely. the uh, Emmys. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. yes. Well, to yes. that, a lot of
0: people have said that Bill McNeil was just right. Ted Baxter and Phil hard? Hard? And made sure. it Bill McNeil. It, it was. You know? Right. And there was just everybody bringing something other than sitcom to it. it yeah, well,
5: it yeah. was. I mean, it was, it was a group of seasoned actors. I mean, yeah. I was 35 when I was on that. What? You know. Oh
3: God, I don't even really, think do you like you're 35. Yeah, You're very
5: sweet. But no, I mean, you know, that was, we were all, we had all been around and seen a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting, yeah. I don't know if everybody knows this, this is a little tidbit I just remember, <laughs> <laughs> is that um, the original Handyman slash Joe Rogan uh-huh. Did you know this yes. already? Mm-hmm. No, everyone knows it. No, I, I listened to the commentaries three or four times. <laughs> so, oh, so sorry. Um, sorry. again, all the
1: women, please <laughs> pay attention.
5: Uh, DVD yes, commentary. Uh, yes, no, it was um, wow, really? Ray Romano. So the, uh, the Alzheimer's uh, Ray Romano? committee. No, not Ray no, it was Ray. It was Ray Romano, and you know he he was didn't, it didn't work out. Then we had a, which I never understood, and Ray would di- make me die laughing because he and I had nothing to do, right? <laughs> so it's like they gave, I had a piece of gum in the pilot, and he had, had like a, a tool, tool belt, belt right? <laughs> and we're like, who the fuck are we, right? <laughs> and we're trying to figure it out, and he would say to me, he said it to me, I think once or twice, like, I think they're gonna me, like, I really mean, don't know what I'm doing, and I remember saying, stop saying that! You know, but that didn't, they couldn't find, that was the only character they sort of couldn't, yeah. right? And so then we had a second guy, and then... Joe, but um, I was going to tell a funny thing, which I, it's not very nice, really, but it's funny. I don't think it's mean, really. It's kind of mean. But we were doing <laughs> a scene, Andy, Dick, and I were doing a scene in the break room. It was just me and Andy. That's it, right? And we did the scene and cut, and we go over to Video Village where all the writers are, and they wanted to tweak the joke. He comes running over to me, and he goes... Did you see that last scene? Was I funny in it? Andy did. Yeah. I said Andy, I was in it with you. (laughs) (laughs) I was in it. Still nothing. But was I funny? I'm in it. I mean it was I just never have forgotten that it made me laugh very hard. (laughs) I mean that with all the love in my heart. Listen, you know, Andy's one of the got one of the biggest hearts of anybody.
3: He, uh, and I saw an interview with him that he did with Tom Green back when there was the big controversy with him and John and stuff. And yeah. he said he felt this love for Phil Hartman because when he went into rehab, yeah. he said yeah. Phil was the one who yeah. called and checked in on him. And you know, he found out later sure. Phil was trying to find out about getting Brendan, yeah, you know. know, is what he wanted to know. But, mm-hmm. you know, Andy, yeah. Andy did love Phil. Of course he you did. Know? Everybody I mean, loved, you know, loved yeah, Phil. Yeah, absolutely.
5: And, I mean, but, yeah. I, I, again, you know, I just go to that we were, uh, you know,
3: An eclectic group, you know. There were a lot. There were personalities, and you know, and that's what made the show great. And it also, you know not a dysfunction, but, you know, there there was, it was every a creativity piece. there. there. Was a, That's what you get with creativity. creative people, you there know, was, so it was, it was wild. There was no work you know? to do the show, yeah. and
5: the writers started writing, like, really uh, at the middle of year one, they would yeah. begin at, like, 2 a.m., mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we'd get, like, this many pages yeah. at noon, they'd be yeah. warm, you'd be like, <laughs> okay, but it was always genius. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, and I go on certain shows today that I just, I'm kind of like, where, where have you put the writers? Yeah. Where, you know... Where are those guys? Where is Brad Isaacs? Where yeah. is Josh Lieb? And, and they're all working and they're around. But, you know, that was a time when writers got an $18 million deal. Yeah. You so. know, and writers were, I think, the driver, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, they were the driving force. And something happened uh, that's unexplainable where, you know,
3: it's network, th- you know, like, like the network did very little with that show in a touch oh, touch yeah. news radio they were there yeah, yeah. and the production That's company right. was there but they you, didn't have but to do. but you know, it was, it was it so, was Paul it was show. Paul, yeah. you know, yeah. calling the writers in at, yeah. you know, one in the morning That's and stuff, right. you know, there was no network there. No. And I don't all, all the shows I know of now are all, like, kind of nine to five, you it's know, kind of thing to five and, stuff. and, and yeah. I mean,
5: there's wonderful writers out there. there I mean, are. I have a recurring part on How I Met Your Mother, and those writers are kind of genius, you know. Yeah. I was, I was so thrilled to see yeah. that writing. They're out there, but it's like reality television came in. Or something, and the bar got changed, and I don't know what happened, you know. Although it feels very, you know, hopeful that we have modern family and that we have, yeah. you know. Aspen. Yeah, an right. Aspen.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
3: Save us, Aspen.
1: <laughs> <sighs> Coming this fall.
5: <laughs> now I'd like to read a little poetry.
0: Uh, huh. As far as your acting, Jeremy. What do you ever feel anything coming out? you are like, holy shit! I just did a little Phil Hartman.
1: Yeah, every there. time I do any voiceover, anything.
2: Yeah.
0: Anytime, like anything, anything. No, anything. What specifically up. do oh, you I mean, there's... voiceover-wise? What kind of things do you get cast for?
1: Well, I mean, I them? mean, it's. I mean, it can be anything. You know, it's. Uh-huh. I mean, one of the things that I love doing is, is cartoon voices, and one of the reasons I love doing it is because Phil Hartman was one of those people who you know uh, let me know. And I mean, I grew up with. You know, like those ones in the 80s, you know, like G.I. Joe and Transformers sure. I and mean, like all that stuff. And, you know, and, and a cartoon voice was, Ah Megatron! You know, I mean, and like that was a big cartoony voice. Yeah. And, you know, like to see Phil go on The Simpsons and, you, yeah. know, you know, make that almost sort of like stylized 1930s the, yeah. thing oh, acceptable to do yeah. for something. You know, yeah. and again, you know, like cartoon voices are always about stealing from something. You yeah. know, it's, you know. Uh, you look at all the Simpson voices and they're stolen from somebody else. It's like, you know, like it's so nice to see American Dad that Paul Lind is working again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and things yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. And, and you see that, and it's great because you've got a whole new generation of people who you get to expose to it. And Phil was. He was just so good at locking in on something in a voice that was exactly it but yeah. made it his own. Sure. It's like Jay Moore doing Christopher Walken. Right. It's like when people do Christopher Walken now, they don't do Chris Walken. They do him doing it. Right. You know, and it was like people doing Clinton or doing Frank Sinatra in the 80s. They weren't doing that. They were doing Phil doing yeah. it. Yeah. And I think when you've taken something that everybody knows and have basically bent it to your own will. Yeah. That's a type of skill and a type of just artistry and genius that you don't find very often. I
5: think you said that really beautifully. I think that Phil, you know, didn't necessarily have the soul of an actor. And it made him a great actor because he was almost too smart and level-headed to be an actor. And that's and that's you know? literally it.
1: And one of the last quotes, you know, that I saw of his that that really struck home for me is that I mean he was in his fifties, and yeah. for all intents and purposes, by my book, he had made it. Yeah. You know, like, he was getting film work, and I mean, like, you know, definitely not top, but second or third, and that's the best position to be in, because if it tanks, it's not your fault, you know, I mean, (laughs) he was in a great position, he always did, and he always did good work. The the Um, crime
5: to me, I mean, that's, you know, was that he was so pure in his motive in life, you know, and...
1: And he was always working.
5: He, yes, and... You know, what kind of broke my heart about that scene that night was what I knew was that he had made an emotional decision to stop that if it if it wasn't gonna you know, he was he was tired, yeah, right? Yeah. And you know, I believe she called him three times and he hung up. Right. You know, and I like to you know, I I think he probably was saying no. Right? Right, right. he was and it p- broke moving her, on, yeah. Right mm-hmm. finally. But, you know, he just was asleep, he went to sleep, yeah. you know, I just, he had cold medicine mm-hmm. in his toxicology report, if I'm not mistaken, you know, and I just, I just think what an awful permanent solution to a temporary problem, which is, leads me to guns and I won't even go there, yeah. you know, had there not been a gun in that house, sure. he might be sitting here today, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, you know,
3: yeah. yeah. your kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no? well, that's yeah. it, you
5: know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that was it, you know. And it's just he was—he was that quintessential professional. It was, you know, even though, you know, be it, the top of his game, he never thought that he was there. He was right. always humble that's enough right. and yeah. smart enough to know that he had hell, to keep working. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah and, right. and and he and knew
1: it was temporary. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, right. it was temporary. Yeah. you know, he knew
5: that. Whatever, well, of course he did. I mean, because he said to me, "It doesn't." Yeah, and I mean, and he used to sit at his Bill McNeil desk and draw awesome. All oh of his, God. you know, I and I, I, it's yeah. so funny because I was, he was not that much on my radar when I got the show. Right. But, you know, as the show went along, I used to look over at his desk and he would just draw the most magnificent things. Yeah. And, you know, hindsight, I would have I yeah, right? stolen them. You Grab know, when he passed, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, um, when he passed, our costume were made. Uh, we, it was kind of morbid. it We all went in and sort of took a piece. Right. And I took his tux jacket from mm-hmm. the number that we did at the piano where I sang and oh, he played. Yeah. You know, and I kept that tux jacket and then the costumer made us all pillows of the different squares of all of his suits. That's awesome. Um and why am I I'm just saying that well, because it's, I, you know, it at a certain point, I gave that jacket away because I wanted to let him go, in a sense. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yep. I just, but um, he will forever be, you know, a blueprint, a part of my blueprint of my soul. You know? Yeah. I mean, he he was in my life in a chapter that changed my life remarkably. Sure. Um, and he taught me, and he led me, and he made me laugh. You know, I'll never forget, um, I think it was the first table read, and I was nervous, and somebody made a joke, and, you know, table reads are always awkward anyway, and there's always, like, somebody going, <laughs> you know, that's a <laughs> ag- horrible laugh, <laughs> and I get, you've heard my laugh throughout the show, but I have this, like, cackle laugh, but I was nervous, and so I was like, <laughs> and he was sitting next to me, and he goes, you, you know, you, you know, relax, you've already got the job, he got, he got right? the job. you know, oh, I mean, bad. it was just like, oh my
2: god, you're so freaking funny.
5: But um, I I love him, and I'm glad that we can talk about him today, and um, and I'll tell another thing that'll sound like Ghost Hunters, but I was on (laughs) my way to, um, news radio had ended, and then I was testing for a show called Three Sisters that I did following it, and Some comedy
1: Chekhov thing? (laughs)
5: exactly. Only you would make that from Aspen, but... um, (laughs) And I was driving back from the test, and you know those things are absolutely unnatural. Yeah. Like, you're in a room this small, they're staring at you like they smell bad cheese, yeah. you know, you know who it's up against, and you've already signed the page and the money's on the line, right? So, I stand to make X amount of dollars that have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven numbers in them,
3: a <laughs> week. If oh, e- good.
5: If I'm if good in that good. one minute, right. right? But, and I got out of there and I was sweating <laughs> profusely, and I thought I did well, and I had... I sunroof, and I, it was nighttime, it, hit, it was like 7 or 8, and I I put the sunroof down, I was driving back to Malibu, and I just I just t- would talk to Phil sometimes, and I, I looked up, as I was driving, I didn't crash, and um, <laughs> I said, you know, Phil, I, I miss you, and I don't want to move on to another show, but I think I did well, and I miss you, and I was just talking, and a shooting star went, and I just, I have always had these moments with him mm-hmm. in my life, where You know, like I say, it's like a blueprint on my soul still.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I just wonder what it is about a person like that, obviously not knowing him personally, why the hell it would affect me at all. You know what I mean? Because you can
5: sense goodness in people, and you can sense uprightness, and you can sense that he wanted to do the next right thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was lovable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He wasn't just, I think it's that, I mean, it was a visceral reaction to him. It was kind of impossible to hate him.
0: Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah. you never saw anything mean behind anything he did, even when he was acting. I mean, he would go on interviews and was sure. clearly having fun. Have you ever seen the interview on Conan for Jingle All the Way? <laughs> no,
4: he I have not. He just comes on. Conan
0: says, so you're here for the movie called Jingle All the Way? And he's like, jingle all the way to the bank. And then the rest of the interview was just, just icing. Gone. It didn't matter. It didn't, it didn't matter. matter. He just killed it in the first second. That's him. And he's like, but you know he wasn't being a jerk. No, he he yeah. didn't care, but he wasn't being an asshole
1: about it like it was just you had to keep watching the whole time um, yeah and again it's just it, it, one of those things I could literally watch him do nothing and yeah. news radio was so good about letting you guys like do stuff and then cut away and then cut back to it and see right. you know the, the, the repercussions of it like let him smoke in the booth
2: Yeah. you know yeah, and
1: yeah. you cut away and when you cut back you're like Where'd that big white square come from? (laughs) Oh, the booth's full of smoke. (laughs) And all you see come out from it is...
2: Yeah,
5: it was all. I mean, it was all office inappropriate. Oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, even the way. I mean, what we came out with my outfits was what's the most inappropriate <laughs> thing sure. this idiotic secretary can mm-hmm. wear? And, that, and it's you know,
2: and it's
1: so, and it's and like, and there's one thing in it that's really gratifying about being a fan of of the show and you know watching s- stuff now and seeing like something so that something so obvious that you did perfectly that they lifted verbatim and stuck in 30 Rock. Right, right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, they took it and went, oh, that worked there. Mm -hmm. Let's do it here. And it works again, you know, in their own way. I mean, I don't
5: want to go too far down this road, but, you know, they did it with Suddenly Susan. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. They took it exactly and named that character Vicky.
1: No, really.
2: I, didn't yes. Mean, yes. I mean, and
5: I, you know, I remember Paul Sims going to the network, you know, yeah, to Warren Littlefield right. going, "Really, what, well, right. you know, they need to my mix this up, maybe, you know?" But yeah. wow. but you know, Kathy Griffin was st- a good impression of you.
3: Thank you.
1: That was her going through a wind tunnel, oh, ladies wind and gentlemen.
5: Know. I um. Yeah, I thought it was good, too. You know, I think it was Phil, maybe, who said to me, you know, imitation is the sincerest form of television. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, I felt like that was flattering yeah. to us, you know. And and they did just shoot me and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah. then, But you can't, you know... There's, you can't recreate stuff
0: It's, that's it's impossible. Never, yeah. It
1: never works. Especially with yeah. what you guys yeah. had, you know, again every moment, you know, you, it's just you didn't know who could come in and it didn't matter because And I don't
5: think it'll ever happen again, which makes me sad. You know, it, but I feel blessed that I got that yeah. because it happens so rarely in television.
3: Yeah. Um, you mean happen in general or happened to you? It
5: just ha- happened to an actor, you know, who gets on a show that can run that is also not creatively embarrassing. Yeah. That right. you know, can make you some good money, and you can find a job for six years, five and a half years, whatever it is, you know, where you respect everybody, and you you feel like the bar is raised every day, Yeah. you know, every kind of opportunity since then is, I I have only that to compare it to, because it was my first experience, and it's always somewhat daunting to me to try to find my way in another setting, and, you know, thankfully, I love to sing and I'm a sort of a theater monkey so uh-huh. you know that's what I spend my time that's kind of my joy and I'm grateful that I have that because I don't think television could compare for me yeah Film some film does, you know. Yeah. I did a film with Dave. We were trapped in Omaha for four months. You don't oh. want to know the stories. So that's you know, another podcast. <laughs> 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 really? Okay. Oh. We had steak and steak and Josh steak. Lee's
3: grandparents are from Omaha oh as well.
5: I all I remember about Josh <laughs> Lee is that his pen was always exploded in his hand pocket. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. remember that? And it had glue on
2: Josh it. He didn't was wear shoes. One of the writers on News Radio <laughs> yeah. and ran
3: the show the last season yes. was yeah. a hilarious great yeah. writer. He always has something in the works, too. I think he just moved back to L.A. in the last six months as well. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah.
0: Do you have a favorite scene that you did with Phil Harmon?
5: We had the makeout scene in the um, Daydream episode. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Um, <laughs> and, because uh, he's a good guest Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but I, you know, I had the most fun with Phil on a Christmas episode where he and I were doing voiceovers yes. together. Yes, And that also that. when he and I sang at and, and the piano. Mm-hmm. So those are my two sort of...
0: No, make it pretty! <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes. good. She's, if you haven't seen the episode, she's singing beautifully. And he just keeps trying to correct yeah. her yeah. and tells her, "No, make it pretty like this." And he just does the worst Ethel Merman, just type of thing. Oh and God. she's like, "But what am I doing wrong?" Yes,
5: it was very funny. Yeah, that that those moments. I mean, every day was kind of I. You know, that show. I mean, the cast of characters. It just. It's impossible to not have that viscerally sort of alive at all times in my world.
3: Sure. Usually for fans, it seems, but for the actors, it's probably personal times that you spent. It is. You know. It's Vegas. Of course. It's dressing
5: rooms. It's, you know, dramas that occurred. Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think Phil actually kissed most of everybody on that show. He kissed kissed Andy Dick.
5: Yes, that's right. (laughs)
0: Uh, All the the ladies in the fantasy episode. I don't know if he ever kissed Dave. He may have. Yeah. I think he I'll did
5: uh, I've
0: seen him kiss oh, well, That's, <laughs> uh, we're on that's good enough for me
5: You know Dave would get in drag
0: uh-huh. I love Dave Dave is hot to in drag I, well, mean, I mean, Dave fully awesome. to
5: death.
3: I
1: would just imagine he just had all his kids in the hall stuff already fitted oh, and just oh, put yeah. it on and you know he, walk he around
5: he did like look like Isabella Rossellini yeah. went to like he did that drag thing and I was so attracted <laughs> to him in a weird way Dave and I never made out we all made out with each other at some point but sure um, he and I were just close, you know. Yeah. No, we. but it got incestuous, that group. You yeah. know? I'm just saying. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, I, uh, I did I'm promise. I'm
5: glad we're running out of time when I got to the part where we made out. I,
0: <laughs> you, you can know? keep I mean, going. Just, I mean, it's no, up no, to you. No, that's
5: just going to spiral down to Yeah. nothing that's good.
0: You okay, know? that's fine. No Andy Dick stories. That's, that's all that's I ask. That's just too easy.
2: I've yeah, no. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, there's uh, a very nice lady named Angel Rosenthal who is set up the Hollywood, uh, the Walk of Fame thing on Facebook. I did promise her I'd call her, so let's do oh, that good. real quick too and say hello. She'll say, have the exact same things to say as far as how we, how we help. how we do it. Well, we all right, let's all pretend like we haven't heard about. But yeah,
3: right. know about the Canadian? know about the Canadian. We can also pre- we can also
0: pretend we're a much larger group. Dave, well, hello,
3: Angel. <coughs> Hi, is
0: this Jason? <laughs> Well, it's it's the whole podcast, actually. I apologize. Vicky's here, my good friend Jeremy, my good friend Mike, and our audience. Hello. That was nice. Um, So, real quick, we just wanted to uh, a thank you for setting up the Walk of Fame, and uh, just real quick, I don't know, just uh, let us know what film meant to you as a performer
4: kind of late I didn't really
0: become a fan of his until 2000 um, I never watched news radio it
4: Atlanta because I couldn't keep up with the time changes it seemed um, so you know I came to him kind of late and as I look back on it now and especially with what I'm doing now with Paul and, and the rest of the family you know it really seemed almost a preparation of sorts that um, I became the, the eminent expert on Phil that I am now and um it's a nice path to be on. It's, I'm, I'm certainly blessed by working with the fan base and working with the family and uh, even
2: helping out now in the proposed
0: biography of uh that's being written by Mike Thomas here in Chicago. Ooh. So, is, is that? Does so, that have a projected publication date? Do we know when that's going to happen? You know, I should have word on that tomorrow. Um, that is bad timing. Mike and I are meeting <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it, it, he's hoping to Soon. That's great. Um, we, we did yeah. want to. We did want to thank you. We are running out of time here, but we wanted to thank you very much for setting up the Walk of Fame. Uh, is, is the Facebook thing the best? Is the best way to do it? That is the best way to do it. Um, if you go to Phil Hartman Walk of Fame on Facebook, you'll
4: see all the announcements come out next Saturday, which is Phil's birthday. He would have been sixty-three.
0: Angel, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. it. No problem. All right, you yeah, have a good one. To hear the rest of the chaos. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> 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 thank you so much. <laughs> bye
1: bye. Yes, yeah, so everybody go out there and go to Facebook. Uh, yes. That's a social networking
0: site? Uh, that's what I, b- I believe that's so what they, they call it. The Facebook. The, Facebook. Yeah. the
1: Facebook. Go to the Facebook. Dr. And the um, yes, Phil Hartman, Hollywood Walk of Fame, right? Yeah. Well, we yeah. do
0: have to wrap up in about 10 or 15 minutes, 20 minutes, uh, <laughs> you know. We can keep stretching it's out, because I right could just window. listen to you talk wow, all day, just... so that's oh, like, you. Jeremy, you're fine? Yes, but, thank um, you. I get it. Aspen. Jeremy, uh, by Mike, the
3: way is wearing a picture of himself.
0: Jeremy is wearing oh, a
3: picture of himself I on his like shirt. That's the problem. Maybe you could post that. a picture, because I didn't yeah. know if that was maybe if you, you and not? Gene Wilder yes. had a child.
1: No, that's me. Here. It's a picture of me on my chest, so I remember.
3: How humble of you.
1: If, no. I knew I was coming down to Melrose, and I figured if somebody cut my head off, they could still identify my body. So that's what I did. Oh God,
0: you know, Mike from the Writer's Room and News Radio, did yes. you ever hear any stories about filler with at that point where they you just know, didn't want to talk last, about it?
3: It really was the last season, and, yeah. and I just think it was too hard. You sure. know? I mean, yeah. I think it almost you – know, everybody had to – move on in the sense of the show itself, you know, I had been around before, you know, when Phil was there just as, you know, a friend of the show. Mm -hmm. And by the time I was there, you know, it's interesting to me how, you know, Vicki talked about the cast, because the writers were pretty tight, too, and, and, you know, in the, the couple of episodes that I was around were really gang-written, you know, somebody's name, my name was on one, but, you know, it was written by the entire staff, you know, and, you know, I had scenes that I wrote and all, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's interesting how that show, the cast was an ensemble, and a lot of the writers were ensemble, a few moved on to other projects at the time, but there was kind of a core group that kind of stuck around for the years and all, too.
5: And you had to be, well, you couldn't be careful, but, you know, it, what happened was, we were all such a nucleus that if things were going on in your life, they would take them.
3: Yes. Take them. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. You, <laughs> you mentioned something, right? And it became part of the show. Yes, that is. Yes. Matter of fact, now, uh, just to go on a news radio tangent, yeah. had, had you met Melissa Samuels? Because I'd always heard that your character was somewhat based on Melissa know, Samuels. It. Do you know who she yeah, is? I, I do. Was I she Paul's assistant at a time yeah, or something? I think we right? looked,
5: I guess, somewhat. She, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, but, maybe. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny because I got this, the scene, the audition scene. And it said something like the description was, which I've come to ignore every one of them now, but, you know, I was young to it. And, and it said uh, like something like, you know, spacey, you know, which isn't me. Like everything that's not me, bubbly, spaced out, you know. And I thought, I'm not going to get this, so let me go the other way. And I made it really serious. And I think something flipped and, you know, and... Um, and the writers were smart enough to see it because I certainly only knew it to do it that way. But it's when I audition I remember I was sitting next to Dave who I didn't know because I, I was like locked away in the world of theater and I was mm-hmm. a, like a kid from Ohio where we would fight over who was going to get the mail me and my sister I mean there was no <laughs> access to like <laughs> uh, not even lying and so um, you know we get to go to the mall right. and so, heaven
3: know. forbid your yeah. parents knew you were watching kids in the hall that's right yeah men dressed as women that's
5: right oh, it was so it was just so edgy but so Dave was there and like Bernie Brillstein and Shit. Paul and you know all these people were there and I had no idea who any of them were Jimmy Burroughs and I remember I when I got the job you know and I got to the table read and I started realizing like oh that's Phil Hartman and, Jesus that's Dave Foley I would have been nervous and yeah. probably wouldn't have gotten it but I don't remember how I got on that tangent of Doesn't just matter the writers would take you know what was oh, going on with us it was a little scary sometimes and you know oh and Joe Rogan used to do this thing I just have to tell because it was he used to terrorize us I don't know if you remember this He used to do this thing where he would draw a head and then he would do, like, what day? Like, uh, today I'll do you, Vicky. And he would, like, do it in front of everybody. And it was supposed to be funny, but it was too honest. So it would be like, this much of your brain is taken up with, I hate my life with Nick. This part of your brain is taken up with, just let me get through the day. This part of the brain. But I remember he used to draw those brains. He used to terrorize us. Like, we all wouldn't have a brain. It would be like, what is he, who's he going to draw today? Because he was always honest.
1: That's kind of ironic that the guy who's most into other men punching him in the head, would be <laughs> writing about somebody else's brain. I remember
5: the story of Joe Rogan one <laughs> day on the set, like l- kind of being amused that the gas guy got trapped in his backyard with the two pit bulls. <laughs> oh know, that's kind of how I would sum him up. You he know, was it's funny. Of, yeah.
3: uh, again, you have a different experience than I do because I love Joe Rogan. I'm not saying oh, you I don't. love Joe. He's, but he a guy. By but the way, the the I'm, image that people, that the average person has of him he's is man show and punching. Right. Not, not guy, even. I know he's. Fucking amazing. You know, right, like right, he right. was always like so friendly to me and, like the episode friendly. I did. Yeah. He's I mean, basically he so hard. It he's
1: one of the main reasons I actually watch UFC or MMA right, at all, right, because yeah. I hate announcers right. for anything. Right. I mean, literally. And one of my favorite ones, and I don't know why I'm going on a Joe Rogan tangent, but um <laughs> it was one of those moments and it's like it's where it's where the reality of something butts up against what the perception should be and everybody turns into a fucking idiot, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's this it's this UFC fight and it's these two guys fighting, and basically all of them look the same yeah. now. You know? they all have shaved heads and tattoos over 40% of their body and they got these shorty shorts and everything else alright so there's two guys fighting and there's the color guy and Joe calling it and the one guy the color guy is is trying to describe the two people and they both have whatever their names are they look exactly the same shaved head (laughs) tattoos wearing black trunks one's black one's white alright the guy doing color goes and McAfee is the one in the in the black trunks that have the writing that says and uh, the, and he's trying to describe them though know, they look exactly the same and Joe goes you mean the black guy yeah. you know not <laughs> the, the, so the white guy through. I he mean
5: just could not tell a lie you know uh, it was like how do I look in this dress with uh, like the Bartlett pair you know? <laughs> like no, right. say, what if you couldn't lie you know? right but um yeah he's that guy but he's yeah. no he's very uh, generous it's, and fun he's and, a different and person he is like the he's projected Joe softie,
3: than the yeah. What was the eating bug show, whatever? that like was. Oh, yeah, yeah, the fear factor. factor, fear factor yes. you know? I mean, he's fond. He likes doing crazy He's stuff. good on it. Yeah. But as a like personal level, it, yeah. just mm-hmm. so you know, that guy, uh, I have nothing but great things to say about it. It's funny. Yeah,
5: and he was, you know, as we all were, heartbroken, but I was most surprised to see his reaction to Phil. Hard. You
3: know? Right? Yeah. Hard, yeah, yeah. Very hard. Yeah, yeah. Very sensitive guy. You know, again, yeah. you wouldn't think. Yeah. You know. And, yeah. But, you know, everybody there took it so hard. It oh, was my just. God. There was no way to take something like that easy. No matter how hard you, you know what you knew about is uh, Phil and Bryn's relationship. You know, nobody projects that. You know yeah. what, what ended sure. up happened. You know, and it was great talking to brother. And there was a part of me just wanted to kind of oh, yell, "Are the kids okay? You know, yeah. right. they just yeah, figure yeah. they're okay." Uh, you know? I heard that's that they're it, thriving yeah. and well, that good, they are good. okay. They're that's with great. her sister. Yeah. Great. great. great.
5: You know, yeah. I, I think probably Bryn, like anybody that is in the middle of a disease was a lovely person that got lost, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um,
5: and so that her sister has them is probably perfect.
0: Yeah. I think one thing to make sure we concentrate on before we end is obviously, uh, you know, he left a huge legacy for people, and I. Do, the point of this podcast is for people not to forget those legacies. Yeah. Not Absolutely. that I think it's in any, there, yeah. he's in any danger of that, but I think there are people who just didn't, they're already, they wouldn't have grown up with him. Sure. And they might have seen, him, they're just yeah. going to see him on reruns, or they're going to hear his voice and not know who that guy is. Yep. Sure. Um, I... I don't know. I, I just like to leave it. Leave people with uh, listen to everything you can see, everything that you can, and realize that it's just go to IMDb and then be blown yeah. away and see all the different things he's done and understand how important he is to why you find things funny. Right. Because there's, I mean, you know, there's there's so no there's OEM. no
1: Pee Wee Herman without no, you know really. Phil Hartman. There's no Simpsons as we know it without Phil exactly. Hartman. There's no there's there would have been no uh, Adam Sandler and yeah. Chris Rock and all That's of right. those guys to come after Saturday Night Live that, that if it wasn't for Phil Hartman. I mean. Uh, you know, news radio wouldn't have been what it was without Phil Hartman. I mean, there's—I mean, he was—he was on. He did voices for Ren and Stimpy, yep. for Darkwing Duck. You know, like he did Nickelodeon stuff, Disney things. He was affecting everybody on so many levels, even if he didn't understand it. So, yeah, it's—you know—I I still love watching his stuff, and I laugh just as hard.
3: Yeah, great, talented, funny man.
0: Yeah, yes. Vicky, is there anything else you would like to leave us with, as far as?
5: You know, I just feel absolutely blessed that I was lucky enough to get to spend five and a half, you know, five and a half years with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a better person for it. I learned a lot, I'm a better actor. You know, and I miss him terribly to this day.
0: You could see his skill, skill, and everybody else's skill rubbing off on one another. But you could see there was something in him that clearly yeah. rubbed off on everybody. Yes, there was. You know what I mean? And I mean, whether it was the way that the man could go "quote unquote" over the top, but still, you didn't care. That's you believed it. it the whole time. Always grounded. I mean, you know, yeah. you're, you're stage trained, and you knew how to go over if you had to go over. But I mean, still, like slowly but surely, you could see everybody kind of catching no, up. No, but in he a taught way. me
5: to, to make the stakes high, but to use the forehead as a proscenium.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm.
5: Because when I first came to TV, I was doing this still. Uh-huh. because I was on stage all the time. I hadn't figured out, you know, not because I see a lot of people in television, the trap is, I don't want to really see yeah, it. Like,
3: I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. I,
5: <laughs> I did an episode of, never mind. I did an episode of something an hour long time.
1: It's like my grandmother always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't come say. sit next come to sit me. me. I
5: know. <laughs> but literally, I I couldn't hear some of the... Uh, I was in right here and I was like, "What? The fuck are you I can't hear you." You know. Yep, that's but one of my I did I did it one of those dramas
1: and like literally oh I had god. to wait for the person's lips to stop moving <laughs> because otherwise I wouldn't have known I when feel, to
5: speak. And I was like, "Oh god." You know. And you don't
1: want to be a dick to the lead and go what?
2: What are you saying? <laughs> huh?
5: I'm right here. I
1: can't even hear I you.
2: <laughs>
5: I know. And, Speak and, up. Know, and I remember, like, I was doing Pushington, and Billy Bob Thornton was in the movie, and John Cusack, and they used to, you know, we would play around, play around, and then they'd say film, you know, and all that, sound speed, and Billy Bob would say, no, no acting. But Billy Bob makes choices with his non-acting, you know. Mm-hmm. But but Phil did teach me how to make the stakes high, watched him, and learned from him. You know, uh-huh. how to keep it high but keep the proscenium in the forehead area. And and he could do it better than anyone. And he was the glue of that show. He, without him, the rest of us were too crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? His was the sane crazy. He was the executive transvestite. Right. That's
0: good. <laughs> I like that. Um, I want to thank everybody for being here. Mike, thank you very much. You're welcome. Jeremy, pleasure. Jeremy, good luck with Aspen. Yeah, thank for you for being here. Thank and you. Vicky, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Everybody, thank you for coming Thanks, to the show. Hey, Phil. Ray Phil. Ray Phil. Let's let's everybody today go and join the, yes. the thing to get him his star on the damn on Walk the of Fame. Both of them.
1: Go and sing our, the monorail song.
0: Yes, do that. I can do oh, that all. Yeah, I, I, it's not. It's not a test. No. All right, let's hey, not. Listen, right, that's, listen, it's not. That's not what I'm getting I, at. I listen. You guys scare me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you guys, and uh, yeah, have a fantastic day, and thanks for coming to Comedy on Final. Yay. Yay! Two applauses. Amazing. Wait a minute got to hit record. And uh, also, <laughs> and so also awesome. everybody go out and buy a copy of Coco's Legend too. because if, if you don't, oh, you don't like uh, there well, are I'm biggest. Not that's nothing, he didn't take nothing. the lens All cap right, off.
2: Thank
0: you. <laughs> yeah. thank you. Yay! Thank you. Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast, is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Alan Rickard and Jason Klom, and our theme song was composed and performed by Michael Warden. Have questions? Call and leave us a voicemail at 646-801-WNYX or email us at freakzilla at scopenet.com. Please subscribe to Dispatches from Fort Awesome on iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and write us a review. It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WNYX News Radio. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe Freely of our multimedia content going back 15 plus years.
2: Big day today, Dave.